precepts, uh, for example, uh, to not kill, to not steal, to not commit a sexual misconduct, to not lie, etc. These are uh, probably the most important item of mindfulness in Buddhism. It's a code of ethical conduct prevent some unwholesome path to lead us to the life of contentment, happiness, and freedom. So traditionally, in Theravadan Buddhism, to the lay person, five precepts or 10 precepts has been given in one Buddhism, depending on the level of a practice, whether you are beginning practitioner or intermediate or advanced practitioner, 10 precepts is given. So, Pat, would you read? Yeah. She will pick up 10 precepts from 30. 10 precepts of the ordinary grade do not consume intoxicants without due cause. Do not use harsh speech. Do not smoke tobacco without due cause. For the special faith, do not speak about the faults of others. Do not be obsessed by the pursuit of gold, silver, and precious gems. Do not be untrustworthy. For the battle of Dharma and Mara, do not be jealous, do not be greedy, do not harbor hatred. Do not be deluded. Okay, thank you. They say precepts are the action of the Buddha. Scriptures are the words of the Buddha. And meditation is the mind, the mind and heart of the Buddha. Buddha lived pretty long until his 79 years old, on the deathbed, one monastic asked, when you passed away, who would be our guide? Who would be our teacher? The Buddha said, Pop Deng Myung, Cha Deng Myung, literally means the precepts will become your guide. Precepts will become your teacher and the light of your true nature will be your guide. That's one of the entrustment words by the Buddha. When practitioner entered the Buddhist faith, the initiation service is called in the Chinese Ugeshik literally means precepts receiving ceremony, which means this is very fundamental and the primary thing. I usually use this analogy. Let's just say that ball has a lot of water. Meditation practices like uh, like. Uh, coming down that water in order to make it without uh, rippers, then 
the moonlight can be reflected on the surface of the water, the wisdom and the samatha concentration cannot be separated. But if this ball, if a ginger moves the, the ball, how can we expect the water become very still? Our ethical conduct is the foundation of our spiritual cultivation, whatever forms of spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. When I say precepts, I do not know the English connotation of the word precepts, but it is not the commandment from higher power. It's an item of mindfulness. Why? Each and every action that we do with our words, with our thoughts, with our deeds, will lead us to some consequence. Sometimes it is a wholesome, sometimes it is unwholesome. So I first, uh, this world is uh, operating under the principle of uh, yin and yang. When it is applied to human affairs, it is called the karmic principle of cause and effect. This world, this universe is working, operating under that principle. For example, when you plant the apple seed, you will harvest what? Apple. When you plant Pear seed, then you will harvest pear. That obvious. When we hurt others, we will be hurt. When we still take the possession of some other people, something that belongs to us will be stolen. Very, very simple. It's a cosmic law. So Buddha said, even though 49 years, Buddha taught a lot of things, but even though you do not believe anything, but you better believe the karmic principle of cause and effect. Sakamuni Buddha really emphasized. When our founding master first uh, built the one Buddhism community in Iksan city. At that time, for the first time in Korea, the movie motion picture was first brought but people watching that. It's very amazed. It's different from photos. So our founding master is said to tell, I really would like to show how people would receive blessings by observing the precepts and how people receive some misfortune by breaking the precepts. There are so many paths to attain greater liberation or nirvana. But our third, the head of Dharma Master said, whatever practitioners they are. They can be 
Muslim or Christian, they can be Buddhist or they can be some atheists just practicing. But the path to liberation is always one. It is a threefold practice. Buddha said threefold samadhi meditation or concentration, prajna, wisdom, shila, purisya, purisya. Precept was translated as a ge in the Chinese. How does it look like? <laughs> yeah, literally means a gate bar, crossbar, board. It looks like a board. Without locking our door at night, we may not feel comfortable to sleep peacefully. Likewise, it is the path to move all kinds of thieves to come in our house, in our true nature. There is a Chinese saying, good medicine is not delicious, but it is good for our health. Good advice is against our ears, but it is good for our action. In all the days, I still, from time to time, in all the days, the medicine comes out in a liquid formula, very, very bitter. It's not like a Western style pill, so probably. That's, uh, that's why they say good medicine is a bitter. Whether you like taking it or not, if you would like to get well, you have to take it in order to get your body become well and become more healthier. Buddha, Buddha called himself Pisako. Sanskrit. Bisako means a great physician, king of medicine. Why? He said, all sentient beings are a patient in the sense whose mind is ill. Whose mind is, it does not mean we are mentally sick, it means lots of unwholesome elements in our mind, not comparing mind to jealousy or resentment, anger, whatever things. We cannot control our mind freely. In that sense, the patience of the mind, so whether you like this bitter thing or not, just like observing the precepts in order to become well, we have to take it. So, Pat, would you read verse 25 and 42? The life of a practitioner and the ladder to attain Buddhahood. Hence, you ought to observe precepts without fail, reflecting on the original vow. If you feel negligent due to the foolish demand of mind and body, the founding master said, true freedom comes when you refrain from self-indulgence. 
when you reject selfish desire, you receive great benefit. Therefore, a seeker of true freedom, first of all, strictly observes precepts. The seeker of great benefits, first of all, fosters public spirit. When you read the principal book of One Buddhism, in chapter 14, the Dharma on suffering and the happiness, uh, our founding master says, uh, on a daily basis, uh, we experience uh, happiness and uh, suffering at the same time, usually half and half uh, for regular people. But we practitioners uh, need to think about whether this uh, suffering or discomfort will turn into happiness in the future. Or the happiness we are enjoying right now will transform into future misfortune. We need to distinguish and think about this aspect of suffering and happiness. So precepts are like setting up checkpoint in our mind, in our mouth, in our action. But today I'd like to talk about the precepts related with, with some controlling our tongue. In one Buddhism, five precepts that's related with proper speech is like this. Do not use a harsh speech. Do not speak about the faults of others. Do not speak flowery and ingratiating world. Do not talk whether someone else is talking. Do not make impertinent remarks. For example, last week, we say a lot of things to many people. Is there some words you would like to regret? You should have not spoken that. Probably there is. Eh? How many good relationships has been broken by careless or groundless talking? It's not our bad intention, but we tend to make a lot of mistakes by some improper speech, but we have to harvest the karmic consequences. Our founding master said that by saying even one thing or writing even one line, a person can give others either hope and peace or despair and turmoil. Thus, a person does not always commit transgressions because he is fundamentally bad, but will often commit transgressions without realizing it because he does not understand the principle of what creates transgression and blessings. But would you read verse 39? Yeah. The Master Chonson said, it is said, 
The mouth is the gate of calamity. But in fact, the mouth is the gate of both calamity and blessings. Use it wrongly, and the mouth becomes a gate of calamity. Use it well, and what a great gate of blessings it can become. Thank you. One elementary school teacher in Korea uh, conducted this uh, experiment in order to teach those uh, young children the mindful speech. She prepared two bowls of rice, steamed rice, the main diet in Korea. And they asked to the students, when you enter this classroom, to, to the right ball, you can say some negative words, like, I hate you, you are ugly, something like that. To the other ball of rice, you can say some blessing, compassionate word, you are beautiful, I love you, something like that. As it's food, you know, as a, in a couple of days, it's going to bed, the fungus start to be formed. It usually takes two days for the steamed rice go, go bad to the bowl of rice, which was exposed with negative words, go bad very fast. It become very dark because of the fungus. The steamed rice that's exposed with the positive words can keep the fresh for three or four days. So after those uh, students uh, actually saw the difference of the two boards of rice, they become very mindful in their speech. Our speech has some energy. It has energy. It can encourage people, discourage people. It can give rise a great faith in others' mind, or it can weaken the faith of others, etc. So, our mouth, our founding master's analogy is blowing horn. Is that American expression? Blowing horn, blowing bugle. When we say, sometimes uh, when we say something, it creates some harmonious melody. Sometimes it creates some destructive music. Several years ago, uh, when the Korean economy was in deep depression, a man, his business got bankrupt. So he lost all his business and eventually his house. And they, they had to move to a very small apartment, which was very, very inconvenient with their two children. And uh, the wife has to work some extra hours She's very, very tired. So they start to quarrel 
argue a lot and they don't talk each other anymore and the children also stopped studying at all. It started to become very, very messy. One day, the woman decided in her mind, wow, we cannot continue this kind of atmosphere in our house. I first have to do something to cheer up our family members. So she decided uh, her mind, when I come back home, even though I'm very tired and resentful, but I should just say something nice to my wife and to my, to my husband and the wife. So one day, when she arrived to her house pretty late, she saw her husband was uh, on the balcony of the apartment, the seven-story apartment. So she waved, honey, I'm home. And several, two years later, since uh, she practiced mindfulness in proper speech, improper speech, even though her heart was not in there, in her mind, she very intentionally say those things, uh, things uh, start to get better and uh, her husband's uh, business started to prosper and they eventually moved to the big house. Everything came to normal. And one day, her Husband showed her a piece of a letter. Why don't you read this letter? When she read that, she realized it's a suicide note. Suicide note. That's tainted with the tears. Her husband said he wrote that one year ago when he lost all his business and all things eventually come to his responsibility. That night, he would like to kill himself and go out of the balcony. At that time, when she came, approached to the apartment, she said, honey, I am home. After seeing that, he was encouraged. I should not end my life in this way. And he got encouraged and started his business. So with our world, we can kill or others or make people's life alive again. It has a lot of energy. When you see the Buddha image, Buddha statue, what's the characteristic? It's not the real Indian figure. Buddha image in China looks like a Chinese. <laughs> the common characteristic is that the Buddha has a very large ears. And his mouth is very firmly shut. So we need, to, my teacher told me, that's why we have one mouth and two ears. We need to listen to others' words as much as twice 
listen to others was twice as much as we talk. When the Buddha walked in the forest and one of the, his students picked up one branch which has some leaves. So Buddha asked him, why don't you count the number of leaves? So he counted the number of leaves. Buddha said, how many does that branch have? How many leaves does the branch has? But it's many, it's more than 40. Then Buddha asked again, could you count the number of leaves in this forest? So he said, it's so many, I cannot count. It's infinite almost. Buddha said, the Dharma that I talk through words is like the number of leaves on that branch. The Dharma that I talk in silence is like the number of leaves in this forest. As long as we talk a lot, we tend to make a mistake. As long as we and also through our mouth, a lot of our energy, chi, is uh, consumed. So let me read uh, the, this item of a mindfulness regarding proper speech one, one more time. Do not use harsh speech. Do not speak about the faults of others. Do not speak flowery and ingratiating words, do not be double-tongued, do not make impertinent uh, remarks. Thank you.